Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fools in Love podcast. Today, we're going to go pretty deep and we're going to get really real. Depression and anxiety is something that no one wants to talk about. So when you or your partner experience one or both, it can feel like you're the only one on the face of the earth. But according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental disorder in the United States, affecting 40 million adults each year. And major depressive disorder is the leading cause in the U.S. of disability from the ages of 15 to 44 and affects 16.1 million adults in the U.S. each year. So while no one's exactly shouting it from the rooftops, it's not exactly uncommon. Right. Brandon and I have both suffered from anxiety or depression in our early days of marriage And thankfully, it generally popped up for us at different times, so one of us could be the rock while the other one was going through some stuff. But well before Brandon had ever experienced any struggle with anxiety or depression, I had already gone through it. And because he hadn't yet, it wasn't that easy for him to understand what exactly I needed from him. Yes, that's so true. So in this episode, we want to help those of you who have a spouse or a partner or even a friend for that matter who is going through anxiety or depression, and you just don't know what to do. Or if you're the one who happens to be suffering, hopefully this will give you a way to start talking to your loved ones about what you need and how they can best help you as an individual. The one thing that we wanted to start with that's really important in dealing with anxiety or depression is that you need to understand and acknowledge that the person going through this can't just snap out of it. Yes, we do talk a lot about choosing to be happy, and that's absolutely true, and we believe it. But when someone you love is going through something clinical like this, and they're having depression or an anxiety attack, telling them to just get over it or snap out of it is not ever going to be helpful for them. So you need to educate yourself. You need to learn from your partner, your spouse, or your friend. You need to learn from a doctor. You need to learn from even a reputable source on the Internet. Because when you understand that it's not as easy as snapping out of it, the rest of what you need to do to help will come much more easily and naturally. Yeah, that's that's so true because I honestly, I truly struggled with this when Meg was going through a season of depression. I, I honestly just never understood the idea of it in general. And I'll plead ignorance and uh, maybe I'll plead my personality had something to do with it because I've always just seems to have been able to brush things off and just kind of move on and like Meg said, the idea of just snapping out of it and moving on. So it was really challenging for me because I probably said these words like, hey, Meg, just let it go. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can just snap out of it. And and I guarantee that this was something I said because it was just truly hard for me to understand. And it's one of those things. So unless you experience it personally, you really don't know and you really don't know how to communicate at all. Yeah. And when you said 
the whole thing about don't worry about it, that totally reminded me how many times I've been just struggling with just nervousness and anxiety and somebody has been like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. It'll just sort itself out. And you're like, your brain knows that that's true. It's not like you're an idiot. You understand those things are, are fact, but that's not how you're reacting to it. And so it can be very hard when your initial gut reaction is to just tell somebody not to worry about it or just let it go. And they can't do it even though they understand they should and they want to. But anyway, back to what Brandon was saying about the need to communicate. It really leads right into our to our next point, which is asking the person who's going through it how you can best help. It doesn't mean saying, let me know if you need anything, because, I mean, if you tell someone, let me know if you need anything, how often are they actually going to be like, you know what I need? Let me tell you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Thanks for saying that, because let me just go on to this list of what I actually need. Right. That's not how it works. So instead of saying, let me know if you need anything, you need to just lovingly and without any judgment say that you want to be there for them, but you want their input on what that looks like for them because it can mean different things to different people. So for example, if it's your spouse, does that mean taking over some of the household duties? Or if you have kids, does it mean taking over bedtime and bath time some nights? Or does it just mean extra attention or going out and doing fun things? Or does it mean staying in and and having cuddle time on the couch with some movies more? It just depends on that person and what they need. If it was a best friend, do they want you to daily check in on them or maybe give them a little more space? It's all just an individual thing. So you have to be able to say, hey, I want to help you. Which of these ways can I help you? Right. And the idea here is with the person struggling, I mean, they're going to know way more about what they need than someone just trying to cheer them up. And it goes deeper a lot of the times than just a simple fix. So it's best to always ask the person how you can show up for them depending on what they're going through. And like Meg said, this is going to change depending on who the person is and their personality and maybe just the season of life that they're in. But it's always best to kind of lean toward their judgment because it's really important to note that they may not know the answer as well. They may not know right away what they need, but that doesn't mean to just stop trying. You can't ask someone who's going through a season of depression how you can help them and then simply leave it there. Right. If they say, oh, I'm good, thanks, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. Yeah, a lot of the times it it can even be surprising to them that they are going through this, that this is happening to them, that it's being hard on them because they've maybe they've never experienced it before. Maybe a life situation has pushed them into having these issues And so it's going to be even hard for them to figure out in their own mind. So you got to be patient and you got to be gracious and you can't just ask and then get frustrated on your end because it can be frustrating. I'm going to be honest. It can be frustrating. So you just need to be patient and understanding and you can't give up trying. You just got to keep showing up for them. And that's what always worked for us. I just kept showing up for Megan in these seasons And it opened up the conversation, but it wasn't something where right away I was like, hey, what's wrong? How can I help? And she just came up with a list and then we were all just great from that point on. It was a struggle and it's going to be a struggle. And if you're in a season or you've been in a season of this, you know that this is true and sometimes you just, you can't give up. You got to keep pushing through. Absolutely. And one of my favorite ways to try to be there for somebody when I'm not quite sure how to be there for them is through notes. And I mean, 
you know, sometimes that can be when things are great and grand, but it also works really well in this situation where I pop a little card in the mail or I leave a little love note for Brandon in the morning. Those notes that just say, hey, I'm here and I'm thinking about you and I love you, whether that's in the context of a spouse or a friend who lives far away, it doesn't matter. Those things still help. They still mean you're ready for when they want you to talk. And I think that's just one of the most powerful ways that you can just show that you're not giving up and that you're always there whenever they're ready. Yeah, it's so easy, right? I mean, I know it makes a huge difference for me in those times where, you know, I'm struggling, like Meg said, or just times where things are going well, just to know that someone's thinking about you. And we talk about this a lot, but it's it's really easy to do, but it's also really easy not to do. Like it's so easy just to leave someone a note or shoot them a quick text or let them know that they had an important meeting or they had an important thing coming up that you're thinking about them, especially if you know they're struggling, especially if you know they're in a season where things might not be going their way. Like words of encouragement and just words of affirmation make a huge difference, but you have to be willing to Make that little tiny bit of effort. I mean, shooting a text, writing a little note, anything, a little gift, anything you can do to help makes a big difference. Another thing we found to be really helpful in these times is just to simply allow the other person to have their feelings, which sounds so stupid and obvious, but a lot of times we just don't do that for each other. You don't need to solve this for them. They might just need to be told it's okay to feel how they feel. And that's something, you know, you miss a lot in life because you're just always trying to solve the problem and move on to the next. And sometimes you just need to sit in that feeling for a minute to figure out where you're at and how to solve that. And then with that, I also just want to mention that the flip side of this is that you also want to be sure that they're heading in a positive direction because, of course, you need to allow the feelings. But if they aren't getting any better with time and they won't get help, then it's also, I believe, your responsibility as a good friend, a good partner, a good anything to speak up and and encourage them to do what they need to do to get their life back on track. Yes. Yes. Like, and again, this was just so tough for me and it's always been tough for me because I've always wanted to fix things for Meg. I've always just wanted to fix things for people. Like I just want to be that person who can fix it and just make it all better. I do it for my kids. I do it for my wife. And it's just so difficult because I don't know if this is a man thing or if it's a me thing, but I've just always wanted to be the person that can just be the rock and just make it better for her. But in this situation, you just really can't do that. And that's so hard. It's so hard to take when you have a mindset like I did that I can't just fix it. It's not something I can do. It's not something that I can personally do. Many times it's something where the person is struggling with something inside and what you can do is just consistently show up. And frankly, there's not a lot else you can do. You can be patient. You can show up. And like Meg said, you can allow them to have the feelings. But again, you need to be there and be firm when you need to be because you can't be sitting there also at the same time wallowing your bed day by day, feeling sorry for yourself, falling into that cycle of self-pity because when you fall into that cycle, then you can never see the light because you're not allowing yourself to see the light. Right. So I think the easiest way for me to say this is just to be there to listen. Don't try to fix everything. But also if that person is getting to a point where it's it's just getting like it's hard on your own soul as the person that's dealing with the other person trying to go through this, then I think you also have to speak up for yourself and your own sanity because 
you can't go down with them. I mean, I know that's not like the perfect way to say that, but I don't have a better way to say that, but you can't go down with them. You have to be able to see beyond that and help them help themselves. Yeah, that's so true because someone's got to remain positive in this light too, because if someone's having an issue and again, you bring it up and you want to talk and you want to help, I can say, I have to say again, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard. And again, if you're coming from a place like I was where your mindset is you want to be the fixer, you want to be the doer, you want to make it better, then it's going to be really hard when you get pushed away because a lot of times you can just get pushed away where you try to be there, you try to be the person, you're trying to help and they may not know what to do or they may just be confused or they may push you back. And frankly, what do you do in that moment? Because there's two things you really can do. You can give up and say, forget it. And then nothing's going to get better for either one of you. Or you can continue to show up and you can continue to hope and you can continue to try and you can see if it makes a difference. And in our case, it did. And another big one that we wanted to touch on is just giving grace. So I think here you have to really understand that having depression or anxiety can make people more sensitive. Maybe not everybody, but at least in our case, it seems to make us both a bit more sensitive. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and it can just make you do or say things that you usually wouldn't. And I think in that case, it's so important to just give that grace and just forgive them. Understand that they're saying that, but they're not coming from, from their heart right then. They're coming from this world of confusion and this world of just total turmoil and the things that they would normally believe and say and think are just not where they're at right now. So forgiving easily and forgiving quickly. And if it happens again, forgive them again. Just try so hard not to get frustrated when someone breaks down in tears for the fourth time in a day. You know, if you can just hang with them through those complicated times, it can go a, a really long way. It can make them feel loved and understood, even though they know they're acting a little bit not themselves maybe a little bit crazy, but just having those moments where, where you're the safe place can just feel so good to that person going through this experience. And then just realizing that the snapping and the frustration came from the mental illness, not from their feelings about you. So don't internalize what they're saying and what they're doing and making it about you and that you're the problem and that you're the reason because it's, it's not about you. It's about what they're going through right now. Yeah, that's difficult too because, you know, as humans, we always want to project on other people. So like when Meg's going through something, then I just want to look at myself and say, well, it's me because like we're all selfish beings. So it's like, well, what did I do? And then taking it to heart, like she said, like it doesn't even have to be someone dealing with depression. If someone's having a frustrating day, even mm -hmm. if someone's having a frustrating moment, if the kids are being crazy, if they had a hard day at work, if they're stuck in traffic, probably isn't the best time to have a conversation with them and take any of it to heart because we all have the tendency to snap. We all have the tendency to get frustrated and have a moment. So like Meg was saying, if someone's suffering with depression, you have to show them grace because there's really nothing else to do because you're going to end up getting frustrated, making the situation worse, getting yourself frustrated and angry. It just isn't going to resolve anything in this moment. And you need to show up and know that, hey, I, I get you're struggling. I'm going to be here for you. And 
really, regardless of what you're going to do, I'm going to keep showing up for you and I'm not going to take this to heart. I'm not going to take it personally because I know there's something deeper that you're struggling with. Gosh, I love that. I love how you just said that. It's like a thousand percent on point. (laughs) (laughs) But another thing that we found out, and this took took kind of a while to figure out for each other, but there's just going to be times when the person with the depression or anxiety will want to talk about it and times they won't. So try not to force conversations. You also need to try, and I know it's crazy when I'm saying it, along with not trying to force the conversations, you also need to try not to avoid them at all costs. Be a listening ear when it's needed, but don't make it like the only thing you guys can possibly talk about. There has to be balance in these times, and it has to come from them. Trying to force them to talk about it when they're not ready isn't going to solve anything. And also avoiding it like a plague because you can't handle it is going to make them feel like a complete freak, like something's totally wrong with them that can never be fixed or addressed or spoken of. Oh, this episode's just calling me out because I have to admit again, I mean, this is this is where I went. Like when Meg was going through seasons of depression or we were going through it as, as a couple I just avoided it. I just avoided it at all costs. It's like I tried, but then like when it didn't work, I was like, well, I I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. So I guess I'm going to just walk on eggshells over here and kind of just keep myself out of sight because then I can't anger or push anything further because, you know, hey, that's, that's a solution, right? And that's just where my mind went. And that might be where a lot of your minds are going. And you might be in a situation where you're like, I'm not going to poke the beast. I'm not going to go into the lion's den. Like, I I just want to stay back here and just walk the line and hope I'm not noticed and hope I'm not going to just perpetuate or just do anything to overdrive or anger you or frustrate you. And really, the most important thing here is you just need to be available, It doesn't have to be a constant, never-ending conversation like Meg was saying, but you need to know that they're going to need you. Like It's going to come up where they are going to need you. And with this, you'll probably have to make a priority of making time for them. Yes, you're probably going to have to prioritize them. You're probably going to have to put them ahead of yourselves in these moments. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I want to talk about this. But, you know, right now I'm watching the sports game or right now, you know, I'm going to hang out with the guys or right now I have this work commitment. So I get you need me, but mm, not going to happen right now. No, you need to take this time to prioritize. And again, hopefully this isn't something that goes on forever and it probably won't. But you need to put them at the forefront of your mind. And if they are in a place where they want to talk then you need to make yourself available to them. And you need to understand that this isn't always easy to talk about for them. So listening and communicating and being there when they need you is just going to open it up for more conversation. But imagine, imagine if they come to you and they want to have a conversation and you're like, ah, you know, that's great. I I want to listen to you, but but I got this other thing going on over here. So maybe next time I'll catch you. Sounds like avoidance to me. Right. And and it's, it, and again, it takes a lot of courage in my experience to have these conversations. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of vulnerability and you need to accept that that's where they're coming from and you need to make yourself available. Yeah, it might not be the perfect time, but you need to make the time for them because it's not 
probably the perfect time for them either because no one wants to talk about this. In my experience, you don't want to talk about it. But if you come and you have the courage to bring it up and you have the courage to move forward, then you need to have a partner who has the understanding that you need to talk at this moment and be there for you as a shoulder. Right. And I mean, the idea is really that, you know, like Brandon said, this won't be forever. So yes, they, they might need you right now in this moment, but it shouldn't be forever. There's going to be give and take in any relationship or friendship. And it's just like right now, this is the time that they need you. And, and that will be reciprocated later on at a time when you need them. Maybe not for anxiety, maybe not for depression, but in some capacity, a friendship or a relationship of any kind is give and take. And right now, you need to just be willing to be the giver. I love that because in, in our experience, again, it, it's you go through seasons of this. And like Meg said, it may not be, you know, full blown depression or anxiety, but there's going to be times where you're struggling. And in our experience, it comes through seasons. And in those seasons, if you're there for your partner, then they're going to reciprocate that on the other end. But you can't always have it be where, you know, your partner's showing up for you all the time and then they're going through a tough time and you're like, well, you know, I got these other commitments going on. I mean, you got to be willing to show up for them. This is, if you're married, this is what you agreed upon. This is what you signed off on on your wedding vows. Like you need to show up for them. It's not the time to be selfish. If you want someone to show up for you, you need to show up for them. And in these moments, they need you. They need you probably more than anyone else they could possibly need. And so you can't shut them off. You can't say you're too busy. You need to be there for them. Right. Love them regardless of the fact that they can't love you back the way that you want to be loved right now. Love them in spite of all that. Yes. We're also big advocates. And I think Meg mentioned a little earlier, but just taking time for fun during these periods of depression or anxiety, if possible, of course. But in some cases, you'll be unable to even get that person out of bed. But the likely scenario is that person is somewhat functioning. They're probably going to work. They're probably getting themselves out of the house at some point. So see if you can't take them on a date. See if you can't get your friend or loved one to possibly go to a workout class with you. Whatever you can do to try to bring them out of the normalcy, to bring them out of the monotony, and to show them a little fun is worth a shot. I mean, it's not going to necessarily fix them, but it can help them get out of their own heads for an hour or two and just forget and remember what they were like when they were joy-filled. Just bring them out of it and maybe it allows them to feel better. Yeah, we definitely have done this a time or two. I mean, we've done this for a million different reasons, not always just because one of us is feeling down, but we are total, total supporters of just dating and fun things and activities. Even just a fun Netflix show can be, you know, just something to do together that just feels like a part of your normal life that feels good, but it isn't all about the problems and the issues all the time. So anything you can possibly do, like Brandon was saying, a workout or whatever, is just something that's going to just allow them to be themselves for a little bit of time where they can forget the rest of the crap. Yeah, one of the easiest things to do, but somehow also seems really easy to forget, is to remind your partner or friend or loved one that you love them no matter what. So a lot of times it can seem like you're just totally alone and no one cares. And so the more you can reassure that person that they're valued and loved, the less alone they'll feel in all this. 
Ultimately, the best thing you can do is keep showing up and be a listening ear. That support will mean the world to the person who is experiencing depression or anxiety. We hope you found this episode helpful. We hope that we've given you some good things to think about if someone in your life is going through all this. And we will hopefully uh, bring you something a bit lighter next week. Amen to that. (laughs) Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 